Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Amen. We're going to just jump right into uh, scriptures and this and today. Just so you know, today we're going to have communion. So uh, if you don't have your communion things, uh, grab your phone and walk. I don't want you to miss the words, but my my words today are going to resemble a little bit about communion, uh, and 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 we'll bring that into context today, and we'll receive communion at the end of uh, uh, what I believe the Lord has given to me. And so, you know, we know that this past year was a difficult year, and and uh, you know, over the next four weeks, I have messages and themes, and uh, this is going to start us off, but uh, next week I'm going to start a series called uh, God's Glory Brings Freedom to the World, uh, and, and, and this is a little bit about this because my question to you today is, what is your desire for this coming year? What is your desire for this coming year? I'm sure some of you have a desire just to be able to go back to normal. Some of you, I think your desire is probably for financial recovery. Uh, or uh, your desire might be for a new relationship, or your desire might be for uh, a new body, a new body shape. Um, I, I don't know what my body shape's going to give, but uh, it will be different by the end of next year, so I don't even have to pray it that I'll have a new body shape. But some of you, some of your resolutions and all that stuff is going to be for that stuff. But uh, today I want to suggest... Uh, a, a godly desire that you might want to go after this year. It comes from Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul says this, I want you to know, I want to know Christ and experience the power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that in one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Paul's desire was to know Christ. And, and I think that's a great desire for us to have for this year, to know Christ. Because when we know Christ, when we fully know Christ, we're going to experience the power of his resurrection or the resurrection power. We will experience that. And trust me, if we experience God's resurrection power, we will definitely, definitely uh, not really need anything else because we'll, once we experience that power, that's abundant life. I mean, it says, it says in the Bible to know Christ. In, in John 17, Jesus says this. Now this is eternal life. He says this is what eternal life is. He, he's going to define eternal life for us. That we might know you. See, to him, knowing Christ is eternal life, or knowing God is eternal life. The only true God and Jesus Christ to whom you have sent. Let me say that again. Now this is eternal life. We think of eternal life as something like in the future, something after we die. But Jesus is defining it in a way that says, listen, you can experience eternal life now. How? That you might that, 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 that we might know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. In 1 John, the same writer says it this way. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him 
or known him. This is a very interesting thing. So I know some of you are out there, you're fighting, you want to live holy lives, you want to uh, live a life that's pleasing unto God. And what do you focus on? You focus on not doing something. Or you focus on doing something. And, and here he's saying, that has nothing to do with it. He says, if you know him, then you won't do those things. If you truly experience him and get to know him in a deep way, you will not do these things that some of you don't want to do. And so this is what eternal life is. This is what it is to know him. Now, in Philippians chapter 3, Paul actually gives us uh, some things on how, how we can come to know him. He does this in, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. He says, once I thought these things were valuable, these things that he had, and I'll talk about what those things are in a minute, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the, listen to this, everything else is worthless when it is compared to the value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, so your desires this year, financial freedom, back to normal, all these things I mentioned earlier, you know, they're nothing. They're worthless compared to knowing Christ. That's why I want you to have that godly desire this year. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage. And one version actually calls it uh, dung, uh, you know, like poop. He's, that's what he's saying. It's all worthless. It's excuse the word, it's crap, so that I can gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with him depends on faith. So in here, he talks about how to know Christ, how to actually experience the power of his resurrection. And he uses these words. Notice he uses like the same phrase over and over again. He said, I consider everything worthless. Everything else is worthless. That's another way he said, I count it all as garbage. I discard everything. He throws it all away. Compared to what? Compared to knowing Christ. So some of you, you're chasing after desires that list compared to the very thing that will bring you peace, that will bring you joy, that will bring you eternal life, that will bring you the very thing that you're desiring. See, I know that when you desire financial freedom, when you desire, you know, uh, 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 a new relationship or you desire uh, things get back to normal. You desire, you have these desires. The ultimate is joy, peace, and happiness. That's what's in Christ Jesus. Knowing him, that's the very thing. That's why I want you to have those kind of uh, desires. And so let's walk through, because he basically shares three things in this passage that, um, that, he changes. He says, Those, this, this is worthless. The, 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 the better thing is Christ. And, and in this, when we're dealing with communion, 
These are the very things that when we, when we take communion, we're dealing with. So for example, the first thing he says is, he says position. He's talking about position. He says in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 4, he says, though I, I, though I could have confidence in my own effort, like the things that he has done, though he could have confidence in this, Indeed, if others have reason for confidence of their own efforts, I have even more. And then he lists, he says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. I am a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if ever there was one. I was a member of the Sanhedrin. He, he's talking about all these things. And he, basically what he's talking about, he's saying position. He's saying if anybody thinks that they can have confidence because of position in their family or their name or their business or accomplished in life. He says, I could do that. As a matter of fact, Paul was probably ready to become, he was going to become uh, probably like the, the high priest until he come to Jesus. And then he, he said, that's nothing. I want to follow Christ. And so he says, if anybody has uh, uh, thinks that their position is something, it's nothing compared to, the, to, to knowing Christ. But basically, what he's also saying is, what's more important? The position you gain from your own efforts, the position in your business, the position in your family, the, the, even the respect of people, all of this type of position is nothing compared to the position that you have in Christ Jesus. See, when we, when we take communion, we're actually saying we know what our position is. Our position, Lord God, is under you. That's why I do, that, 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 there's, there is an Indonesian word that really touches my heart every time we sing it or we say it. For me, it actually is even better than English for me. I don't know why, but it is. And the, the word is busara. When I hear that word, it's like, Lord, just surrender to you, Lord. I come under you. I realize that my position is under you. And what's really interesting is when we compare our position in Christ or under Christ, in that surrendered position, we have so much higher position than anything we could ever have on earth. Because what does it say? Jesus said he seats us into heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and darkness. So like we are far above when we are in Christ. That's why our position is nothing in this world compared to our position in God. And so today, when we're getting ready to take communion, and when we, when we think about this coming year, let's, you know, bursara. Let's just surrender to God. Let's surrender and put ourselves in the proper position. Let's take, that's, that's one of the things when we talk about these crowns, those are all like the things that we've achieved. They're nothing compared our position under or in Christ. The second thing he talks about here is he, he talks about his own righteousness. He says here, he says, 
He says, uh, in verse, uh, excuse me, in verse 9, he says, I no longer count my righteousness through obeying the law. I don't count it as anything. Rather, I become righteous through his uh, through what Christ has done for me. So this idea of pride. He's talking about pride. You know, I'm glad I'm a sinner. When we think that we are Trust me, when you, when you come to God to thoughts, if you say, oh God, wait a minute, before I worship you, I need to get right with you, so Lord, Forgive me of all my sins. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But when those kind of things come to God, we come to him on our righteousness. When we walk into gathering together and all of a sudden we start saying, I worship you, God, because I, this week I didn't do too many things wrong. I've actually coined that phrase when we start looking at what we've done or what we haven't done and we base our worship upon that. That's what I call sin management. And management business, you're in the You think that somehow your righteousness is going to be good enough to be able to be allowed to worship God, to be able to, uh, to, uh, to, be able to walk in God, to say you're right with God. Your righteousness, the Bible says that our righteousness, not just yours, mine too, that our righteousness is like filthy rags, meaning no matter how good we think we can be, it's nothing compared to the perfection, the perfection of Jesus Christ. And so he says here, he says, don't receive, don't, don't come to God with your righteousness, but come to God by receiving. His righteousness, how do we do When we take communion, what we're doing is we're saying, Jesus, it was on the cross. It was your body that brought healing to my life. Lord, it was your blood. It was your blood that brought forgiveness of my sins. So, Lord, I receive. I love that song. It's an older song. It says, I receive your love. I receive your love for me. And what he's saying is, you have to... It's what he did on the cross. It's what he did for you and me. And, and I'm just so thankful that through his blood, I have received righteousness, which is way better than my righteousness. Now the last thing, it's really not in Philippians chapter 3. It's actually in Philippians chapter 1. So I want to go back there for one second and share the last thing. So Paul is saying, listen, my position, everything I've achieved is nothing. And I'm in you. My position is way better. My righteousness is nothing compared that you gave us that's on the cross. And so, so this is what I want as your desire this year. Chase after those. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his things 
will be added unto you. The final thing is it's found in Philippians chapter 1, verse, 20, verse 23. Says, Paul says this. Now he's in prison and he's like got the sentence of death over him. And he says this. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and to be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sake, it is better that I continue to live. And so basically he's saying, listen, I mean, I'm tired of this life. I've lived, you know, I've worked hard. I've given my life. My life is being poured out uh, like a drink offering. It's been already, you know, he's been shipwrecked. If you look in 1 Corinthians, I believe it is 1 Corinthians, you'll see he says, I've been shipwrecked three times. I've been beaten and stoned to death. I've done all those things. He goes, I'm tired. God, I just want to be with you. It's this idea of being like, kind of like just wanting to escape this world. And what does he say? He says, that would be great for me, but it would be better if I compare that to giving my life to others and living for others. There's no better choice. The better choice is that I will continue to live and bless and be a blessing to others. See, he's giving up living for himself. He's even giving up like, hey, it's better right now that I die and just be with God and forget. I'm just going to swirl away. I want to escape out of here and be with God. I know sometimes I've had that thought. You know, I'm just ready to give it up through this year. This year's been tough. And, and my wife, I know she's sitting right over there and I'm looking at her right now. She knows that there's been times I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I just want to give up. I just want to throw in the towel. I, I, you know what? I'm done. Like, I'm tired. God, take me now. I'm just done. I've had those thoughts. But then God says, come on. I've put you in this world to live for others. You know, and Paul, way better than me, he got it. He's like, it's better that I live for others. And so position, it's better to be in Christ. Pride, it's not what I've done, God. Unless you come, would you? How bad has it been? Are we better now? The last three seconds are gone. I'm getting it back. He, yeah, I said pride. You know, it's not what I've done. It's what you have done. Just like we sang that song. I'm not enough unless you come. I'm not enough. I can work night and day and I'm still not enough. But God, hallelujah, in you I'm enough. I was, you didn't see me because these guys were here and I'm over there jumping up and down getting blessed while they're singing. And then, you know, this last thought that why don't we this year make our desire to know Christ? And one way to know Christ is to give your life, give yourself up and give your life as a ransom for many. So let's give up our life. Let's give up our life and serve it Use it to serve others here. Because I believe that when we do those three things, we will experience who God is. We will know him. 
will understand the power of his resurrection. And this year, wait, we're going to be doing healing rooms this year. We're going to be doing prophetic ministries. We're going out. We're going all the way. We're going to see. We're going to see blind eyes open, deaf ears uh, come. We're going to see it all. I believe it with all my heart because we're going to know him and we're going to experience the power of the resurrection. I'm running into your house right now. I'm grabbing you and saying, let's get to know God this year. Amen? Ooh, I got 